0: Welcome, one. Welcome, all. It is Monday, Football Monday, the best show here on the SB Nation NFL Show. We remind you, of course, as always, to subscribe right here to the SB Nation NFL Show. Leave a rating, write a review, because we all work hard to make sure that you are caught up on all things in the National Football League. Perhaps there is no harder worker than he of the Oddcast, he of Bleeding Green Nation, he of the trolls in your comments, the one and only sitting in once again for Pete Sweeney, Brandon Lee got and joining me are Joe Cho here on MFM. And blg what
1: up rj i'm excited to be here with you today i went to wawa this morning i'm wearing the mm. wawa hat people can't see this not a sponsor they should be they really should sponsor me personally and the sb nation nfl show and BGN radio but that's neither here nor there i went to wawa because i had a coupon a free coupon for a free large or any size icy you know kind of like a, i guess a slurpee at a 7-eleven and uh i got a coke version and it turns out that when you drink a Coke forty four ounce icy at let's say eight, nine in the morning, you kinda get wired for the rest of the day. So I have a lot of energy for this one. I'm ready. That's that's interesting. I um I can see that you um I, I can see that you
0: have this thing. I I'm really kind of you say coupon, is that correct? Coupon. Coupon so coupon, like Cupid. You said coupon, not coupon. I'm a coupon guy. Coupon, coupon. I could I could take it or leave it. Interesting. Well, congratulations on, um, on the Coke-flavored Icy. Better than cherry. People think that cherry ices are great. They're not. They're stupid. BLG, before we get to everything that we have to get to, we're going to talk about the newest uniforms in the NFL, um, the debate about a particular number one overall draft prospect's love for the game of football. But before we get there, um, people have accused each of us separately, maybe together as a combination of being narcissistic. And I'm not saying that that's true or untrue. But in in the interest of self-promotion, uh, I know we have a lot of Blogging the Boys listeners, a lot of Bleeding Green Nation listeners. BLG and I are starting a new show. If you want to listen to it, make sure you subscribe, rate, review both the Bleeding Green Nation and Blogging the Boys podcast networks wherever you listen to them. Because starting Wednesday, you can listen to BLG and I on the NFC East mixtape, where we will be covering all things NFC East, which obviously is all
1: things Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles. Are you going to have a Coke IC there as well? I am way too, like, wired. I usually don't <laughs> drink coffee or, like, even soda, caffeine. just uh, It's not my thing, so probably not. Uh, but I'm really excited for that podcast, RJ. I think a lot of people here who maybe it's, like, five people total. Who knows? Uh, could be ten, maybe, who enjoy the chemistry that you and I have here. And we don't always get to do this with each other, you know, because uh, I'm just a guy there or for here on the Monday Football Monday podcast. But uh, I- I'm looking forward to it. Should be good. Can't wait. Shout out to Michael Kiss, because this idea was
0: born a Friday Football Friday, which he um, he didn't technically schedule us for, but he basically did without telling us that he did. So uh, Michael Kiss, the go. All right, BLG, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, this had been rumored for a long time. Uh, I don't say rumored. It was going to happen. But the Cincinnati Bengals finally unveiled their new uniforms bright and early on Monday morning. They are basically the same. Uh, they're obviously the same color scheme. The helmet didn't change literally at all. Some of the pants, the white pants, the background of the side um, obviously has the orange stripes, which is kind of dumb. Uh, but we'll get, I guess we'll get to that. Uh, but the background for that is white. They have white jerseys. They have black jerseys. They have orange jerseys. Again, very Cincinnati Bengals-esque. I clearly have a lot of thoughts here, but you are the guest, so I'll allow you to go first. Your thoughts on the Bengals'
1: new kits. RJ, I want to give the come up of the week <laughs> not to these Bengals jerseys, because my first reaction was basically what you said. How are these different? Like, genuinely, I had to look at these and I'm like, am I being like pranked? Like, is this like a fake? Is this like a late April Fool's Day thing where like, it's actually the same? So I actually did go and try to like compare uh, the old to the new. But as I was doing that, I'm like, what's the point of this? Like, why should I have to do that? Like, I should just know that they're different now, obviously. When I was looking through, I did see differences, not literally the exact same, but I just felt kind of disappointed. And I also felt like I'm looking at all these reactions on the Bengals official Twitter account. Like A lot of people in the comments are like, these are fire. These are sharp. These are clean. <laughs> I'm like, I don't notice a difference. What are you talking about? So I'm looking at the graphic that they tweeted out. It's
0: And there's I have some thoughts on the graphic itself. So one thing, BLD, that bothers me is when they're in the all black getup because they they shared all the different combinations that they can wear, like orange top, black bottom, whatever. But when they have the black jersey and the black pants, the socks are black. That's stupid. The socks should be orange. If if you're in that getup, so that it it has the proper blend of your color scheme, um, I really am just I'm stunned that like this happens to me a lot in life. But like when something stupid happens, like anything stupid, I will sit and think like at some point in time. A group of people got into a room and somebody said, this is my idea. And another person said, that's a good idea. I agree with it. You know what I mean? And like how many people like with full cognitive brain function said, this is an improvement. I mean, like, am I exaggerating and saying it is just a a top with stripes on the shoulders? That's all it is.
1: I did notice the stripes on the pants are a little different, but I, I actually think I like the old ones more and uh, it's disappointing it's what's disappointing rj because i think black orange and white is like low-key one of the best uniform color combos in sports it's great halloween i love halloween uh so maybe i'm I'm unbiased i think the the flyers you know are are black orange and white and i think they actually have the best uniform color combo in philly except for kelly green which i'm not counting because it's not a you know a main thing more of an alternate thing at this point Uh, it's a really good combo i think with the Bengals, though My, my, just looking at the jerseys more and obviously look, you know, you and I are NFC guys, of course. Uh, so it's not like we get to see the Bengals play maybe as much as everyone, certainly not as much as Bengals fans. I I feel like the white, like, there's too much white involved with, with the Bengals uniforms. Like, just now I like the white on white, that actually looks clean, that one's good, but I don't like the white pants with the other combos. I think the black pants are the best by far. Um, yeah, I, I just don't like the all white. And I don't like the white, again, the white pants with the black top and the white pants with the orange top. And I think just like so what, what they took away, I feel like with these jerseys is like on the back, they used to have that top layer of orange or like top right. layer of whatever. Like, like on the, on the shoulders. Anymore. Yeah,
0: I agree. Yeah, Um I agree completely. I, and I, you mentioned the Flyers, but like if you needed inspiration in the football world, look to Oklahoma State. Like, they've always got something cool going on with that, the same color scheme. Of course, like the Cowboys, right. I mean, yeah, it's, but I just, I, I really am stunned. And, like, the helmet isn't different at all. Like, how how do you go through a uniform change? And I actually, BLG, um, I think the Bengals have the worst helmet. And I think about this. Wow. Well, hear me out. Because, like we do here at SB Nation, I think about things from the fan perspective. And so, like, imagine being a Bengals fan you go to Bengals training camp and you're super pumped to go get a bunch of autographs. That is a nightmare of a helmet to get autographed because like the black, I mean the, the autograph wouldn't look cool. Like every, what what I've never even seen like a Bengals helmet. That's like fully autographed. Do they, do they just sign along the orange? Like, Does it have to be a silver Sharpie or like a white Sharpie? Does yeah. that even, does that even show up? It has to be like paint. It can't even be like a Sharpie in that sense. Uh, But so, but the point is like, you can't not change it at all. I think, I don't know what the anti come up of the week is. Maybe the podcast of the week um, belong like both the Falcons and the Bengals have completely botched their uniform adjustments in the last year. The, the and they have two of the cooler color combinations in the NFL. I mean, in the world of sports, I mean, if you, it's hard. It's actually difficult to have black as a like primary uniform color scheme and make your uniforms look stupid and that's what the Bengals have done here i have two more things that don't totally have to do with the uniforms but if you have another uniform related take i'll give
1: you the floor i disagree with you on the helmet i like the helmet now this the autograph thing totally fair point but you can get a silver sharpie i think that kind of remedies that i like the helmet isn't it like really kind of the leagues at the top of my head here the leagues like only non perfectly symmetrical helmet right because it's like different you know the, the stripes on it like that's unique that's different i like that um didn't you say what's the so that's the worst I think the worst is wouldn't it be like the Seahawks one that connects on the back for like no apparent reason like why does that connect you know what i mean like what what's that have to do with like anything you know like whereas the Vikings you know the horns the eagles have one of the best helmets in football i think agreed. i think you've agreed with that with the was right. like that's yeah. a cool it's a cool thing it's like a different kind of element uh you know browns pretty boring just all one color maybe you That's like a great bat.
0: helmet to get autographed though the Browns one.
1: You sure? Yeah <laughs> but uh but I, I that can't be the only standard here for helmets.
0: I agree with you um, on a lot of those points. But so here's, here's where I really, really hate the Bengals in general. And I don't know if this is going to be the case. But if you look, Bill, at the graphic they shared, uh, this uniform reveal was sponsored by Tide. Um, mm. So, OK, but next to the Tide logo is the Bengals logo, which is a B. That's the stupidest thing. I hate this about the Bengals. You have one of the coolest mascots throughout the entire NFL. Than Bengali type. Do you think LSU ever ever makes their logo an L? You know, like no, like it, they don't because they have a freaking tiger. It's so dumb to me that their logo is just the letter B, and it's not even like like Chicago does that for like with the Bears, but it the, the C makes more sense. But even then, they have an alternative you know, bear logo that they put on merchandise and stuff like that. But like any Bengals fan that goes out and buys a cap or a polo, like on the left side or whatever, it's that stupid B like it's, it's dumb. And that's the, that's their logo at their 50 yard line is, is that B and it used to be the Bengali tiger. And that is a a way cooler way to rock. But like, I, I agree with you that the Eagles have the cool, one of the coolest helmets in that it's the wings. And so like, not every team has their logo on their helmet, like the Browns, because their logo literally is their helmet. And so, like, the Bengals have the worst of that possible combination. It's just that I, I'm really upset. But so my other point here, BLG, and I know if reference referenced this graphic. If you listen to us, go look it up. They shared this, and there are seven Bengals in the photo. And I do like when teams kind of steer into the theme of who they are. Like, the caption for the tweet says, the jungle awaits. Like, that's cool. Uh, mm. there there is like a throne in the middle of this like pedestal um and Joe Burrow is standing next to it leaning against it not sitting in it mm. what are you doing bangles like that is your dude that is the face of your franchise why should anybody that isn't Joe Burrow be sitting in the throne
1: i guess he hasn't earned it yet you know he's only a rookie last year uh got hurt kind of has to come back in establish himself i mean he's obviously the guy How do you feel about the B, though, going back to the B conversation a little bit with Joe Burrow being there and like he's a big hit? Does that boost the B at all for you? the Burrow, you know what I'm saying? I mean, but no, that I actually that
0: thinking about that only (laughs) only makes me hate the situation more because like they could have done so many cool, like actual tiger theme things with with him specifically because he's coming from LSU. I mean, it's it's just it's an incredible botch job. And that's that's really who the Bengals are. Um, I feel like they have people are so quick to put the Browns ahead of a lot of things. Like it is not a debate in my mind anymore. Like the Bengals are the worst
1: team in the state of Ohio. There's no question wow. about it anymore. And the and the uniform has sealed it for you. It's like you're just you're just done.
0: I mean, the football of it all has been trending in different directions <laughs> for a long time. Um, but like, yeah, I'm ready to put the Bengals in the like cellar of all this. Like, we were talking uh potentially about doing like a Super League episode. Like, the Bengals would be the absolute last team I would ever draft for a Super League.
1: Wow, you just made a ton of Bengals fans uh really upset, and now you're the you're the official enemy of Bengals fans here on the SB Nation NFL show.
0: It's a shame. It really is. I've never had their chili. Have you done had the Skyline chili?
1: No, I would I would definitely try it, but also. Like really? Like that's a signature dish. Like, look, I don't. I love food. I don't like to hate on food, but I'm just like, like this is the thing that you're pointing yeah. to. Like, you're just like taking two dishes and combining them into one thing, and that's like your thing. Okay. Yeah. Um.
0: Not a great, not a great day for Cincinnati, the Queen City, uh, here on uh, on Monday Football Monday. But let's move on. BLG. Trevor Lawrence is in the news uh, because he may. Or may not love football. Um, so Sports Illustrated did this huge piece on him last week. Um, I think they interviewed him and his now wife, uh, out in California. And it was kind of this like introspection introspective look at who he is and how he thinks and also another tiger by the way at school that has orange in its color and doesn't mess up you know their tiger thing but whatever um and so um so Trevor Lawrence obviously you know projected to be the number 1 overall pick taken by a different ferocious animal in the animal kingdom in the jaguars but um, he talked about how, and his, I think his father spoke about how football isn't everything for him and he could walk away now and, and, you know, be at peace with himself. And obviously, um, you know, there were some comments made about Justin Fields by a particular NFL analyst, uh, about a month ago, uh, that really sent the NFL world into a tizzy about it. They were, um, some interesting comments to say the least, uh, but also about a particular draft prospect and their, reported alleged love for the game of football so lots of people were um coming down on trevor lawrence for maybe not loving football all that much he had a three tweet statement which i read on uh monday's episode of the daily kickoff where he talked about how he loves the game but he has other things in his life that he loves as well um
1: basically blg is uh trevor lawrence somebody that you're worried about moving forward What are we doing? Like, what are we doing when Trevor Lawrence has to release a statement like Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick, you know, national champion, like one of the best college quarterback prospects ever, at least in recent times? He has to release a statement saying that he loves football. Like, what are we doing here? This is almost to me, RJ, like the Julian Edelman thing that got you all on a tizzy last week. And I was like, this isn't even worth acknowledging. Um, I mean, obviously, we're doing it right now. And whatever. But like in in my head, I'm like, this shouldn't have to be a thing. Now, look, I think in general, like the love of the game isn't like it's something like we kind of think to like make fun of. Like it has to be there because I've seen it when it's not there with Danny Watkins, who just wanted to be a firefighter and didn't really care about football at all. And that's kind of a problem. And that is a recipe for a bust. But I'm pretty sure Trevor Lawrence isn't Danny Watkins or like that. So uh, I think I feel okay about Trevor Lawrence. Just silly, man. Yeah, I agree.
0: I saw I don't know who had to take and the take was actually like in the defense of Trevor Lawrence, but even then it was something like I think what we're seeing here is is Trevor Lawrence won a high school state championship early, obviously won his national championship early. So like somebody who's accomplished everything very it's like who cares like when he accomplished anything like who cares even what he accomplished like all people should care about is like his talents as a NFL quarterback and like who cares what he loves or doesn't love and yeah, like if he hated the game of football, I suppose that would at least be worth like a conversation. But like this is, this I feel like this does happen every year where we like we overanalyze, we over scrutinize. We're so close to the draft that now it's like you know what are we doing here? And I actually I, I hate this in a larger sense because I I you tell me if you disagree. Trevor Lawrence will never agree to an interview like that ever again because of the the blowback that he got from this.
1: Uh, I don't know, maybe you know it'll kind of caution him. Uh, Our his approach moving forward. I don't know that he'll never do anything again. One thing that came, popped up in my mind, and obviously bringing it back to the Eagles, as we always do here on the Eagles National Podcast, that is the ESPN <laughs> NFL Show. Uh, I was thinking about like what you said about his father, and like he could just walk away, and it almost reminded me of Nick Foles when Nick Foles uh, had kind of gone through it all and was on the Rams, and I think got cut. Like I think he, he was he was thinking about just retiring and walking right, away because before just, Andy Reid scooped him up. Yep, before Andy Reid scooped him up with the Chiefs. And I think that was like a pivotal moment in Nick Foles' career. Like that, I think that almost allowed him to be better. Now, look, you know, he obviously he's been, you know, not he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL, like an ideal long term one. But I think the highs he got to and how he rebounded from that low point was like realizing that like football doesn't have to be literally everything for me. Like it was freeing for him. And maybe this isn't the, the right approach for every single player, but I think there is something to that, like just the freeing sense of it all. Almost it, like I, I, he just looked like one of the biggest strengths that Nick Foles has was he was so composed. And I think it was because like, look, this isn't everything to me. Like, I love this. I want to do it well. But if I don't, I'm going to be OK. And I think that gave him like a sense of calm. And that actually helps him play better. Ultimately, like that guy had ice in his veins. Um, so maybe that go, works for Trevor Lawrence too. Maybe that's part of his success, like being composed. Because that's what I feel like you get out of Trevor Lawrence when you're watching him play. That's not a guy who looks like rattled ever. So it could be a good thing.
0: I uh, I think what you're saying has a lot more merit than we generally see. And I think a good example is like first round talents or first round players, uh, even players that were like traded up for in the first round that flame out with the team that drafted them. And then, you know, move on and sign a one year deal with a different team. And it's like, man, how is that dude so good? And now it's like, well, yeah, cause now like this expectation isn't there of like being mm-hmm. the guy that the team traded up for and gave up all this capital for, whatever the case may be. Like I always felt that way with Morris Claiborne with the Dallas Cowboys. Like he just never turned into this like baller. And then when he went to the Jets in 2017, he was like moderately OK. And people were like, Man, where, where was this? And it was like, dude, I mean, we just we were mean. That's what happened. Um, by the way, I wrote something a few years ago about this Nick Foles situation, because if you'll recall, in 2016, I believe, um, the Cowboys needed a backup quarterback uh, besides Kellen Moore. And Jerry Jones had thrown out Nick Foles. name as a possibility. They ultimately didn't end up signing him. But I wrote this hypothetical. Like, what if they do? Like, even, even if he never sees the field, like purely from a defensive strategy, in a literal sense, like, does he never lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl if the Cowboys, you know, sign Nick Foles? So it is a trade is. for Mar Sanchez instead. Right. Right. Uh Hey, pick but pick him up. But Mark was pivotal in, like, I'm being serious here in Dak Prescott's rookie development. And that's, that's an, that's another example of somebody who like flamed out with his early team because I like, I vividly remember this during Dak's rookie year. He would talk all the time about how Mark would talk to him and, and Mark would tell him, You have no idea what you're doing, like you have no idea the things you're accomplishing and how difficult they are. And so just take a moment every week to appreciate this because it's not this easy in the NFL, which is to the point that we're making here is something that Mark Sanchez learned uh, from his time kind of flaming out in the NFL. So it is what it is. But I mentioned Kellen Moore. Uh, Kellen Mond is a name that has been (laughs) thrown out
1: BLG. Uh,
0: This is getting a lot of. And look, I am a fighting Texas Aggie. So I love Kellen. Are you?
1: You you never bring that up. So I'm I'm not sure if you are.
0: Look, and so I feel bad like not overly caping for the guy. But um there is a like you I'm sure you've seen this. Like people like people are like, yeah, he could he could sneak in the first round if if and maybe that happens. I don't know. But I mean, it's he's clearly not one of the top five quarterbacks. We clearly know the top five are going to be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Trey Lance in some order. By the way, today is Monday. The Atlanta Falcons reportedly sending their full allotment of people to Lance's second pro day. Uh, quarterbacks in North Dakota State always work out, just as BLG. Uh, but, um, so that being said, after those five are gone, whenever that happens, do you think Kellen Mond is QB6?
1: Well, you know... I'm a big uh, tape grinder here, RJ, you know, like no, no one knows the the tape like I do. But Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, just to bring stats to the people, not Rob Guerrero, just, you know, actual stats. um, Kellen Mond completed just 35% of intermediate throws outside the numbers and 26% of deep throws outside the numbers in 2020. 35%. 26%. 26%. I mean,
0: why do you uh, think I'm not overly caping for him? Like, you know, because it, it isn't practical, I, so, but go ahead. I, I interrupted. I digress.
1: I'm just saying those numbers are pretty troubling. Like, I don't, I don't know how he could be anything better than, than QB six off the board with those kind of numbers. Look like he's younger. I do like that. Only 21. Currently, I think turns 22 in June, as opposed to like Kyle Trask, who's 23 now. Um, so, you know, maybe there's more upside there in theory, but, uh, man, uh, pretty steep drop-off to me after that first five.
0: I agree with you. But so the first question is, is he QB6 off the board? And you're you're wagering at this point. You're not guessing. Like You have to tell me the sixth quarterback is Kellen Mond or not. Yes or no?
1: I think it could be Trask. I think it could be Trask instead. I think it all no, depends not, on the it could be. Who, who is QB6 going to be? That's the I'm going to say it's Trask. I'm going to say Trask is QB6.
0: Okay. So I will say it's Mond because I have to cape to some degree. Um mm-hmm. but so when does that happen?
1: Uh so we're we're hearing there's like a bunch of different rumors that came out last week, right? I I think it was Lance Sirline. Who was it? I I can't remember the rumor. Um off the top of my head, totally lost it. But uh I think it's gonna be like early to mid-round two, I think. Cause I think you know, five or five are going early, right? Like five could go In the top 10, in theory, you know, if someone's trading up to nine, the Broncos pick or the Broncos take one or to 10, uh, if the Cowboys trade down, Mm -hmm. Giants aren't trading down. They never trade down under Gettleman. Um, So I think it's going to happen. At at the very least, I think, you know, New England picks a 15. We're going to see five go in the top 15. So at that point, um, uh, there has to be a team that could potentially miss out on someone or, I mean... uh, look what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts last year. I mean, you just, you just clearly want to replicate that. And so you have to take a quarterback in the second round. If you have an established starter and why not take Kyle Trask? So I'm going to say like early to mid round two. See to me, Kellen
0: Mon or Kyle Trask is Jalen Hurts is drew lock. Like that's, that's what they are. They're this like, Oh, we really did get a first round quality guy. We just got him in the second round. No, you didn't. You, you really didn't. Um, you, you gave up a lot. And actually, um, it's funny because I wrote about this last week at BTB, the Broncos, the 10th the overall pick where the Cowboys sit BLG has been traded out of three times in the last six years. It's just like, it's a really popular spot to move back. And the Broncos moved back in 2019 when the Steelers went up to get Devin Bush. And, um, they picked up a, another second round pick in the process. And they later used that second round pick to move up in the second round to get drew Locke. Um, so everything comes back to the Cowboys as always. Mm. Um, but, um, I, I don't think it's preposterous that he could go first round, whoever this arbitrary mm. QB six is, because that that to me, like I know we said that they are Jalen Hurts as they are Drew Locke. That's Teddy Bridgewater. Like that's the Vikings trading up to get your guy be, in the sense that like, tell, tell me whoever you are, wh- whatever hypothetical team X, that you wouldn't value that fifth year option. That's, that's the point, right? Like if Kellen Mond does develop, if you really believe like BLG does, that he has a high ceiling in the NFL. I mean, if you're going to be all in, why not be all in? You know what I mean? Because that, that's an important factor.
1: That's my problem with taking quarterbacks in the second round is like, you didn't like this guy clearly to take him enough in the first round, but like, but he's good. And like, I remember when the Eagles were picking at number four back in 2013 and they were doing a lot of homework on Geno Smith at the time. And I remember Gino being on the board early in the second round and people wanting the Eagles to take him there. And I'm like, no, like cuz if they didn't love him in the first round enough to take him at number 4, why would they take him in the second round? Like it's a, it's like a pass or fail kind of thing. Either you love this guy or you don't. Like I don't I like I don't love the idea of getting a quarterback on a value Unless you're talking about like, you know, a day three pick because that point, those picks are so volatile. You might as well take a swing if you were a truly love the guy and then maybe you get a Dak Prescott or maybe you get someone uh, actually good. But uh I think when you look at the quarterbacks in the back, like late in the first round, you're mentioning Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, wasn't Andy Dalton also kind of one of those guys who fell and, you know, the bank like have those guys really worked out? Like, are you finding a franchise quarterback in that spot? You might be able to find like a guy, like, you know, a bridge player, a guy, a bridge water, even uh, a guy who can like last, but not really anyone you feel awesome about. So I don't love the idea of trading back up like fifth option. I get it, but I don't love it. So you've actually uncovered, I think, a fascinating,
0: like general philosophy in that you should never take a quarterback in the second round like that. I know that's not exactly what you said. But, like, people reference the around the NFL's Andy Dalton line all the time, right? Like, the kind of prime meridian for whether you're a franchise quarterback or not. Andy Dalton, incidentally, a second-round pick. And mm-hmm. so, like, is there no better face for, like, the potential frustration of a second-round quarterback than Derek Carr? Like, this guy who will never truly yes. achieve being a franchise quarterback, but will, will, will be, in, in his best moments, be good enough to frustrate you that he's not quite there. Like th- there's a, a very obvious glass ceiling on second round quarterbacks in that sense.
1: Yeah, I think you're, if you're talking about, about a second round quarterback, it would have to be something where like it's like the, the Patriots was well, like Brady or, you know, who are, like they have this established starter and he might be on his. I mean, well, that, that's not the perfect example, but like, you know, an aging quarterback in general where uh you're drafting a guy who can be his backup in the short term mm-hmm. and potentially his replacement down the road, then I think that starts to be okay. And you're probably talking about a good team in that sense anyway. So you're probably talking like later in the second round, not even high second round. But if you're drafting a second round guy to be like the guy, I think that's where it becomes a problem. If it's, again, just a backup and maybe a starter down the road or something uh, when when like you're looking to the future, but you're still in win now mode, that's a discussion you can have. But uh, everything else. Yeah. Just just why? It's like either you love the guy, take him or don't.
0: That's a great point. Like either he's your first pick, wherever that is in the first round, or he's a a lottery ticket you hit on like Dak Prescott, you know, in the fourth round, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Like I'm I'm having trouble thinking of a second round quarterback that panned out, I suppose, Drew Brees. But that's it. Like you you really it's difficult to come up with a second round quarterback that like evolved
1: into the dude. But he didn't even turn out for the team that picked him. That's right? a great
0: point. And <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, and taken after a running back. I mean, which really shows the priority here. Um, who is in the Hall of Fame? Like, that's a, a, an amazing point as well. But um, wow. So um, congratulations to Derek Carr. Now the face of our uh, second round uh, philosophy here on the SB Nation NFL show. Okay, BLG, we have a few more things to get to. But before we do, we're going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Derek Carr is not pleased with us here on Monday Football Monday. Derek, please direct your anger at BLG. He's the one who first brought up your name. Not me. I promise. Um, I don't know. We got to come up with a name for this philosophy, but that's a whole different discussion. Um, BLG, I have a question for you. Are you ready?
1: No. Are you sure? Podcast over. Just you can't mm-hmm. even continue at this point. I'm not ready. How much is left of the icy? Uh, it's all gone. I just filled the cup back up with water. I'm just drinking water out of that cup now. Interesting. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. How, what,
0: what's your preferred method of drinking water? Like out of a cup, out of a straw, or Ooh. do you like plastic bottles?
1: Uh, no. So mean, you, it means what, you hate the environment, obviously. Yeah. What am I? What are you trying <laughs> to paint me as? Some kind of monster here? Um, look, I know I'm like the Joker, but I'm not. Uh, I still love the environment. Uh, uh, usually just out of the cup. I think you got to go to a cup. Uh, I have a Brita. I'm cool with tap too. I'm not <laughs> one of these people who like like gets all in. I, I don't understand the point of like fancy water. Or, uh, right. you know what I mean? Like, like someone, I go to a restaurant and they're like, what kind of water do you want? I'm like, I don't know. Just give me water. Like, don't, don't make a deal out of it. Mm. What's
0: your go-to thing? Like you sit down at a restaurant, they say, what do you want to drink? What's your go-to?
1: Uh, water typically. Cause I don't drink soda. Um, mm. I mean, if you know, we're at somewhere that has a beer, I'll have a beer, but like if we're just talking, you know, non-alcoholic beverages, I'm probably just going to get water. I don't, I don't, I don't do the Soda.
0: Mm, I'm a Diet Coke Light Ice guy. So, mm. you know, it is what it is. Um, all right. Yeah. You know, hey, we're learning about each other. Uh, you'll <laughs> learn more about us on the NSC's mixtape. Make sure you subscribe and listen to the blog of the boys and bleeding green nation podcast feeds. Anyway, uh, BLG so far, uh, with about what 10 days to go. Um, there have been a lot of things done ahead of the 2021 NFL draft. So I ask you, what move to date has most poorly set up a team for the draft? I don't know if yep. I I don't know if I'm Aaron Rodgers or Joe Buck here asking the Jeopardy questions. Um, I know we already did a Jeopardy episode. Um, this is interesting to me, by the way, that Joe Buck is now like competing with Aaron Rodgers. That's never ever happened before. Um, but so that's a whole different thing. Uh, but yeah, so who has most poorly set themselves up, and how did they do
1: it? Rodgers really good, by the way, and I think he oh, should totally get agreed. the job. I agreed. thought he did a great job, and I thought he got better too. Like as the week went on, I thought like he totally like found his rhythm. Great, uh, loved it. Uh, I'm not even like the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan. I don't hate him. I just don't really care about him. Uh, actually, well, I, I actually do like him more than I don't just because of how much torment he's caused the Cowboys. Um, Thank you. But, appreciate it. But, but neither here nor there. I mean, you being the biggest Jeopardy uh, expert of all, I'm sure your opinion uh, matters most. Um, <laughs> to answer your question, though, I mean, the easy answer, which isn't like a real answer you're going to allow me to say, like you're going to be like, you can't say this. But I mean, I have to note it is the Texans who aren't drafting until number 67. Like that hurts, man. Like that's it does. out. But like, that's, that's not a
0: real answer. But it does. That That is fair. But it's not a real answer.
1: But like, just think about how much that sucks. Like 67. Like, you have to watch 66 other picks go off the board. I mean, maybe they could trade up for someone. But like, OK, and you're just further depleting picks like that's tough. Uh, Among the many other issues the Texans have going on, but if I'm talking about like a real move, I'm gonna say the Patriots sticking with Cam because it just feels like to me that how does that prohibit them from anything though? Well, because I think like they've like they've here's what I'll get I'll get I'm gonna get to them. (laughs) It feels like they're gonna be aggressive now to me about moving up for quarterback four or quarterback five in this draft. Like you know how free agency was them bucking the trend because they usually don't do that. They usually don't spend the big money. I almost, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I'm feeling like maybe they're going to buck the trend of trading down, which is usually the smarter thing to do and something they do a lot by trading up and trading up too much for, again, probably at best QB4 or QB5. I think they almost have to do that because Cam isn't a real answer. I think they should have been more aggressive about getting a real answer if they were going to be so aggressive elsewhere in free agency, which they were making all these signings. So that's what it is for me. So, I,
0: I your point has a point, but what was Thank the you. real? What was the real answer in free agency? Then,
1: I mean, it was like getting aggressive. It, it could have been going harder after Stafford. It could have been, you know, but, like obviously, they, they
0: were like they were not gonna. They have a very particular element within their team, and that Patricia that like precluded them from that. You know what I mean? Like, that's could, that is true. I mean, so like that being said, they couldn't get over that. You know, w- without going like overly overboard, and it, so. I mean, but so like, out, let's even if they had been in the running for Stafford, let's like, so okay, Stafford option one out the door.
1: Who was who would have
0: been option two?
1: Russell Wilson. Why not give up a huge package to get him? Okay, that's fair. That's like the trump card for
0: everything at this point. But like, of of all practical options, was Cam not among the best?
1: The best what? Like the best the, the, option? The, the,
0: the best practical options of all feasible practical options. That's that's why like I thought and I made this point here uh or on the look ahead with stats like I thought all the bagging on Andy Dalton and like the Bears kind of like incited that so that's their fault but like I thought all the bagging on it in a vacuum was unfair because it was just like what other option was there like it, it wasn't like Russell Wilson was on the open market
1: Sure but I just feel like they had to do more and maybe that's maybe it's not fair in the context like of you're saying like who would it have been I just feel like in theory if you're going to be so aggressive about this like why be aggressive with the roster and then not the quarterback position. I think cam, like, I just don't think that solves anything. I think it's just like a nothing move. It's not even, I'm not saying it's a F minus move. It just doesn't really move them forward at all. So I just don't like that. Um, I think
0: it's interesting that four is the Falcons, which is the team that they are obviously like, well, they would have to trade up. But if they jumped up to that, that point, because like, imagine you're a Falcons fan, shout out to Gina Kelly, obviously. Um, and the team that beats you in the 20 to three game jumps up and takes like future generational quarterback that would just, you know, like I, I think I got a principle.
1: You can't do that. You know what I mean? What do you mean?
0: Like if you're a, a Falcons fan, you can't trade that pick to the Patriots to go oh, get yeah. their quarterback of the future. Like that specific team. Cause you've already experienced the worst possible heartbreak against them.
1: There's a hundred percent chance that quarterback would be like even better than Brady. like, <laughs> <it's>, like <laughs> The best quarterback <laughs> of all time like
0: 100%. Yeah, so um I in a rare move here, I think you had a bad answer. I don't think this is a I think wow. this is you know, sorry. I you know, I think my answer's better. Uh it kind of is tied to Cam if I'm being honest. <laughs> um I think the team that most poorly set themselves up by way of like moves, you're talking about like panic moves, was the Panthers trading for Sam Darnold. Like mm. what was that? And like in just like, you know, New England they're not precluded from doing anything, but like if the Panthers take a quarterback now, I mean, now they have, like, a real mess on their hands. And so, I mean, I just, like, I, I, at least, you know, the Patriots retaining Cam, like, from a, like, a resource standpoint was, like, cost effective. Like, they didn't give up anything. They just, you know, paid him money. Cool. And we say that all the time, like, pay money. Like, the salary cap doesn't exist. All that stuff. Like, the Panthers gave up legitimate capital to go get Sam Darnold from the Jets. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's the and, – and so – That to me is like they're they're already in the middle of a little bit of a mess. Like, what are they going to do with Teddy Bridgewater type thing? Like, that's not a big deal. But I just for a team, I think we both and I know a lot of other people were really high on Matt Rule, even after last season's results, like understanding that it was a bit of a process. Like, this was a big step backwards for
1: me. I would have not done the Darnold trade. Uh, (laughs) Don't love it. So you agree with me. All right, cool. I I, well, is it? I still like my answer better because I came up with it. I'm partial to myself. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they can still take fields, though, or Lance if someone falls. I don't know if they're going to fall to eight. So it doesn't preclude them from that. I I agree. Then it's like, okay, it's kind of a mess because then, you know, you're not going all in on the one guy. But I think that that's kind of okay given their situation. I think it's okay to throw multiple darts at the dartboard when you don't have an established answer there. Um, one thing I've been thinking about, RJ, is Teddy. Like, where does he end up? Like do you, have you thought about this at all because like it's kind of like not that exciting of a thing to think about because like like what's he actually going to do for a team? But I feel like I came up with a good spot, but I want to hear if you have any destinations that you think make sense.
0: So, I think there's a really 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 obvious spot and if my answer is your answer then you're going to be like, "Oh man, like the thing I thought was super unique and cool is actually really obvious." Do you want to know? Hear it. The Denver Broncos. That's the most nope. obvious landing spot for Teddy Bridgewater. Um but which again, a team that fell victim to the second round quarterback—you can't believe in a second round quarterback. We know that. Uh, but so if it's not the Denver Broncos, if I'm forced to guess, um, hmm, the Miami Dolphins is interesting. Um, if if they truly don't believe in Tua, oh, that's Kobe. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> but you know, if not, um, maybe I I could see now. I'm playing playing the the <laughs> person here, like playing you. Uh, Minnesota would be fun. Um, uh, <laughs> to put him back there. Uh, but I I like Kirk certainly more than you do. Uh, mm-hmm. but <laughs> but more than the average person. So I I'm curious now. Who is it? who is it? Oh, is it San Francisco to back you up do whatever
1: like, rookie? No, you do like bad quarterbacks. So yeah, I get that. Um, nice. I would go with. So I don't think Denver. That doesn't like move the needle at all for me. You know where it kind of makes the most sense to me. And I feel like this hasn't been talked about. So maybe. Am I off base here? The Steelers to me make perfect sense. That would be awesome. Like, like, doesn't that make the most sense? Like, Big Ben might not be able to throw (laughs) this year. Like, we don't know like how much he's gonna last. Teddy Bridgewater is like the perfect quarterback for the Steelers, a team that like they don't need the quarterback there to do all the lifting for them because they're gonna have that defense. They need someone who's gonna keep them competent. And look, again, even if Big Ben does stay healthy and whatever, or, or is like good enough. His arm is good enough to throw, and he isn't totally shot. Like he's probably going to get banged up at some point. And so, at, at the very you know worst case, you have a quality backup, and I think that's been important uh, for Pittsburgh to have. Unless you want to go back to Mason Rudolph, you know, and Duck Hodges. I think the Steelers make a ton of sense for Teddy.
0: Well, don't forget the Steelers have Dwayne Haskins, and so um, um, okay. Last thing for today, BLG. Uh, we're hearing a lot of things, and we're going to be hearing a lot of things as the week continues to unfold. As next week starts, uh, by the way, I thought about just like for a like bit of nostalgia, going back and watching Draft Day this coming weekend. Would you recommend that? I've never seen it. It's not like I mean, it's a really bad movie, but it is just cool. Like that, it's a movie that exists. You know, like I mean, that is a fair point. That's <laughs> that's really just kind of how I feel about it. But uh, but you know, it's it's fine anyway. Uh so we're going to hear a lot of different things. Um so to that point, what is something that you have heard and I don't mean like in the whispers of Eagles Nation, but like a general reporter rumor that's out there that you just simply cannot believe. That you th- no, not buying it, no way, no how, sorry, BLG's not in.
1: So I came up with something and it's related to the Eagles because of course it is. Derek Gunn, very, uh very credible reporter here in Philly. doesn't even have an outlet right now, but he should because uh used to work for NBC Sports Philly. Just great. Really plugged in. He gets a lot of scoops. So this is like legit info when I hear it from him. Although I think the thing with draft rumors in general is it's just like hard to know what to make of them because there's so many different agendas. And also, like, no one knows. You know what I mean? Like, things change when teams are on the clock and there's a trade offer here. Like, you don't you can't just say, like, this thing is going to happen because there's so many variables that you just can't account for. But uh, with that said, Derek Gunn said the Eagles will likely take a cornerback or a receiver at number 12 if they stay put. And I can't believe that. Even though you see 32 out of 34 mocks that I did for a uh, Eagles mock draft roundup for Bleeding Green Nation over the weekend, RJ, 32 of the 34 having wide receiver or cornerback, like I can't believe that. And this is why. Howie Grossman has gone offensive line or defensive line with seven out of the nine first-round picks he's made. Carson Wentz was another one, and then Jalen Rager was another one last year. Is he really going to go like wide receiver for two years in a row? Like, I think offensive line slash defensive line is not being talked about enough for the Eagles at number twelve. But I mean, so neither of the tackles are going to be. this you think he's taking a guard? It could be a tackle, overall? though. I mean, it could be Slater if you believe in him. Uh, but he, you know, there's li- no
0: way he makes it to twelve because there's no way he makes it past the Cowboys if he's a, if he's there at
1: ten. You could also be talking about Elijah Vera Tucker.
0: That's true. I mean, but I mean, again, that just I don't know. Like, do you think Ali Roseman is in the position where he should just be doing things that he's been doing forever?
1: I mean, like, but, but here's the thing, though, like touche, because like, I think he's going to play the hits and like go back to what's quote unquote worked for him. Like his his best mm. picks have been in the trenches. It's like it's like the safe route. It's like, all right, I just need something. It's like I I don't know. You're the king of analogies here. It's like I feel like it's a meal that well, I like, just feel. It's like here. I mean,
0: like I play I play a lot of golf, and it's like okay. when
1: when your swing
0: gets off, and you're like, not don't like that change. Let me go back because I know you know. Or like I recently got a new putter, and I love it, but like sometimes when you get a new putter and it's not working, you're like, oh no, I got to go back. Like I know I paid the money, but I got to go back and use the old one because I know I can trust it. So maybe maybe a, an interior player is. Is how he's old putter. He's just, he's nursing it. Maybe he's got the putter in his office with this Carson Wentz fathead. You know what I mean? He putts like when he's on conference calls and stuff.
1: It's not a swing for the fences move as much as it's just like, all right, just let me, uh, let's hit a double here. Like, let's at least do that. And uh, so it's kind of a thing where, You know, logically, they should pick a receiver or a cornerback because biggest positions of need. And I also think it's not only about need. I think that's where the talent lines up with, depending how the board shakes out. There are there are like realistic scenarios where top three wide receivers are gone. Top two cornerbacks are gone by number 12. And there is talk that the Eagles actually might even trade up again, which is like that would be so amazing. Honestly, (laughs) I think it actually makes sense if it's only like up to nine. And I think nine is a really interesting spot because let's say the Panthers trade down. Um, like the the Patriots move up for a quarterback or the bears or Washington football team moves up for a quarterback at that number eight spot. And all of a sudden the Broncos are there and we're like, well, we kind of would have preferred a quarterback there or we would have taken one, but now that guy isn't there. And let's drop back because the Eagles are coming calling, and they're giving us a third, and we can probably just take a cornerback, which I'm guessing they might go with, or Parsons maybe at number uh, at number 12 instead of number nine. So I think it's plausible, and I think the cost it would be it'd be interesting because obviously they were at six. It's like why were they moving back to 12 to then go up again? But like the math of it could work out because they picked up extra first round picks, and they have two thirds ne- this year. They could take one of those thirds from the draft pick value chart perspective and package that with 12. And that is like the value of getting up from number 12 to number nine.
0: So I think this is a really interesting year for the NFC East, which is why, again, we're launching the NFC East mixtape, but um, specifically because as it currently stands, the Cowboys pick a 10, the Giants pick an 11 and the Eagles pick a 12. And so like, if you believe in division rivals, like hating one another and, and wanting to like jump one another, it is noteworthy that Denver is at nine. And so like, the most heavily mocked player to the Cowboys has been Alabama corner Patrick Sertan. And so if the Eagles really value him as the top corner in the draft, like a lot of people do, then it, maybe it is a factor of like, OK, Denver is willing to move. Let's jump up there. We'll take him and the Cowboys. Don't get him. It's a win win in a number of different ways. Um, so, you know, I, OK, I I can kind of buy this, but that wouldn't be an offensive or defensive lineman. So you're kind of like contradicting yourself. To BLG. What do you mean? You said that you think how he's going offensive or defensive line. If they take Patrick Sertan, that wouldn't be an offensive or defensive lineman.
1: Well, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting them to stay. I'm expecting them to stay and I'm expecting mm. them to take a lineman. But like, I'm kind of hoping they would move up if Devontae Smith is on the board and just make sure they get him at number nine. That would be my preference. Mm.
0: Well, if he's at nine or if he makes a pass, now that like the Cowboys aren't taking him, the Giants are an interesting
1: you know, spot. Uh, Giants, could, uh, Cowboys could trade down, though. That's a good point. Um,
0: I, but again, in the in the research I did, you don't pick up a lot of capital moving back from ten overall. So okay. I would rather I would rather them just stay. But whatever. Okay. So the thing that I can't believe is actually maybe you're gonna go like, oh, I can totally believe this. Um, I really am having a hard time believing that the Falcons would take Kyle Pitts. And I say this like mm. I, I think it probably does happen, but I just have a hard time like convincing myself of that. Or, or excuse me, I don't know why I said Kyle Pitts. That's the pick, the pick that makes the most sense to me. The thing I can't believe is the <laughs> sorry. Uh, uh, I've, it's it's been a long morning. I need an icy. But the thing I can't believe is them taking a quarterback. Excuse me, hmm. because I just cannot imagine wanting to invite the scenario that has been difficult for other teams to handle. And not that I think Matt Ryan is as mentally fragile as Carson Wentz. Um, you know, if if the Falcons drafted quarterback X but it could play out that way. And even if it doesn't play out that way, even if you, if you, even if things play out in the best possible circumstance, like they did with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan love last year. I mean, like you're, you're relying on your quarterback to be Aaron Rodgers in terms of like personal compartmentalizing and like not everybody is that. And so, that to me is I, I could see a quarterback going there. I just really have a hard time seeing Atlanta being the team. I, I view Kyle Pitts, which is why what I said earlier is so stupid. Uh, so shout out to me uh, today. I'm the come up of the week this week, but I mean, Kyle Pitts is the, like the last, the last ditch effort to like revitalize what the Falcons have had going on for so long, which is why that pick makes a lot of sense.
1: So I literally do have you written down here in my show notes, which I typed up um before the show, of course, uh, has come up with it's literally the first bullet point i can send you a screenshot of this later on my screen come up of the week to rj and it was obviously for having me on the podcast nice uh you know because it's, it's again it's a big boost to the monday football monday so it's great for you uh, that we get to do this again um what's your personality type on the myers break do you know do you know like your four letters or do you not know that
0: um my wife had me fill out like this thing mm-hmm. once where i was like an it was like an otter or a beaver is that what you're talking mm-hmm. about no um, it's like
1: uh it's like four letters it's a you, you don't know what I'm talking about. It's okay. I, it's, I don't. I'm I'm an INFJ, which is this little flex here. The rarest personality type. <laughs> it is. Okay. I mean, it is just look it up. Um, so basically why I bring this up besides the flex is that I'm like very much an all or nothing kind of person. Anyone who knows me might be able to kind of figure that out at some point. Um, so in that vein, I kind of I just said it with the quarterback in the second round thing. Like I was just talking about it earlier. You're either all in or you're all out when it comes to the Falcons and quarterback at four in general. I feel like I would lean towards like either commit to Matt Ryan and like just try to win with him, try to maximize it. Every resource you have has to maximize it or, you know, turn the page on him, which is kind of too late obviously now at this point. Um, But I actually think it's okay for them to take a quarterback. If they love the guy so much and they want to have him in, um, I don't love it because we've talked about like the rookie quarterback contract thing. It's not like Aaron Rodgers when he was drafted with Brett Favre because he no, signed no, no. it because the contracts were different back then. Like he, right. he signed like seven year deal or something or whatever. Like he wasn't under like cheap, you know, team control for a long time. It's not like that now. So um I guess, you know, gu- water gun to my head. I, I would not do it, but I, I don't hate it as much as I think I would normally I guess I think Pitts is the right move for them thinking about it. Ultimately, I, the way it's kind of been talked about more and more now, I think Albert Rear has talked about this. Is it's people around the league are saying like, this is like Quentin Nelson. Like, it's just like, a you can't mm-hmm. mess it up. Is Yeah. He's a guard. That's, and that's not ideal in a perfect world. Cause it's not like the premium position, but he's just so freaking good. And you can count on this guy being like an all pro that you have to do it. He's literally like we talk about take the best player on the board. He's literally just the best player on the board. He's, heads and shoulders above everyone else
0: yeah and i don't think that's worth trading away from because i i agree completely with your you got to be all in and i i think that like you hit something important in that like if you are really all in literally every resource you have has to be devoted to that cause every single one like every pick every player's contract like it all has to be towards that particular greater good and so like yeah like if you were going to move on from Matt ryan like That was that was two months ago and you could have traded him to New England or whatever the case may be. Like you're in, you're in now. And so like and it's not even Matt Ryan. Like, that's the the like the important thing here. You have not just one, but two like Ring of Honor members that you're potentially gonna, you know, be moving on from soon. Like like you have this window of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones that like you really have to capitalize. Obviously, Matt Ryan's the more important piece there because he's the quarterback, but you you have a generational wide receiver on your team. And if you don't accomplish more than what you have so far, it's a failure.
1: Going further on the traumatizing Falcons fans things. I mean, just like imagine Matt Ryan winning a Super Bowl or Super Bowl as a member of the Patriots. That would be terrible. It
0: would be be amazing in a number of ways, uh, but also terrible for Falcons fans, obviously.
1: Um, Okay, BLG, any closing thoughts as we wrap up? I have have two more awards to give out. The heat of the week. I mean, I feel like people probably saw this on Twitter. It's not really doing it justice describing on the podcast. But if, if you haven't seen the Villanova touchdown pass against Delaware, which I don't even know why they're playing football in the spring. Like, what's what is this? What's going on here? Uh, I don't. Well, they adjusted
0: their their schedules because of COVID and everything. So some, okay. some some that's happening. That's a thing.
1: But it's just like it's just, well that adds another layer of like just like this is what's going on. Like it's a Saturday during April, and I'm watching like this play of like this crazy touchdown pass that like looks fake. It's like insane. It's just like incredible. So you do the week to uh that college quarterback from Villanova. Villanova lost the game. Uh, too bad, but awesome play. Uh, I want to give. RJ's made up award of the week, which I think you, Mm. I don't know if you still do. You did mention at one point. I want to give that to myself for uh, appearing on the podcast, Monday Football Monday, a second time within the span of what, three weeks here. Uh, I deserve that award. Last thing I had football wise, not not, out of the narcissistic category, RJ. Uh, Why? I, I hate this thing like that. Oh, there's so much uncertainty in this year's draft. Like, there's uncertainty every year. I get, you know, no combine this year, no private workouts, no team visits, but like, Peter King tweeted this on Saturday night and it got me like frustrated because I'm like, don't plenty of teams draft poorly while having a lot of information every single year and like constantly maybe even too much information and they overthink it? Like, I don't want to hear excuses about this. Like, I feel like football teams, they love excuses. They're like, oh, we didn't have OTAs, blah, blah, blah. And that's a whole issue, of course, within itself. But like, just no, no more excuses. Like, you're all working with the same amount of information, even though it's less. So I don't want to hear it. If you're messing up a draft, you, you would probably do it in a normal year.
0: I think that's well said, and that leads me uh, to close with my made-up award of the week. This week is the Grey's Anatomy award of the week. Um <laughs> I, I used to watch Grey's Anatomy. It was really great. Um And, like, there's a level, if you've ever seen it, um, of obviously impracticality to Grey's Anatomy. Like, the the bomb is like in the patient right like you know it's all this like ridiculous over-the-top stuff and I I actually like tapped out on it because it got to be too much like it got it, it it broke the point of like practicality for me and I was willing to go a long way with them um and so like that's the NFL like it always has to be the most the biggest the like whatever and that's cool sometimes but like it is exhausting in others like to your point like can it just be the draft? Like, can't, can't we just like accept that it's a draft just like any other year? Like, why does it have to be the most uncertain with the least amount of film, the least amount of communication, the most polarizing? Like, just be cool. I mean, just, you know, just let it be an episode of Parks and Rec instead of Grey's Anatomy. Like, let's just chill and enjoy it once and for all.
1: As Jewel said in Pulp Fiction, be cool, man.
0: Yeah. Uh Jewel is also the name of a player who is at least worthy of an uh, interesting discussion in Julian Edelman. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that about does it for Monday. Football Monday. He is BLG Brandon Lee Gotten. I am RGO. Joe. You can listen to him on the odd Check him out at Bleeding Green Nation. You can check me out at Blog on the Boys starting Wednesday. Again, the NFC East mixtape on the Blog on the Boys and Bleeding Green Nation podcast feeds. We love you all. We'll see you next time.
1: Hashtag NFC East mixtape.